Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith, Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr. Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within Black communities. In this seminal work, Dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book, it's a movement, a call to action create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix, today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Hello and welcome to another amazing episode of the Secret to Success podcast. Today I have an amazing guest for us, Ms. Janet Authorine. How are you doing today? 
I am doing wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. So, Ms. Janet, if you can please let our audience know who you are and exactly what is it that you do. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, wow. I do quite a few things. <laughs> uh, but let me let me start um, with the legal stuff. Um, I have been a practicing attorney now for over uh, 25 years. Uh, and I've done almost every type of law. Uh, within the government, mostly contracts and personnel and tax, and I've bounced around a lot. Uh, but the reason why I went into law in the first place was so I can help others, so I can solve problems and resolve disputes. So in that vein, I've been able to do that, uh, and it's been quite a blessing, um, and a lot more in the past 25 years. Now, I've always had a passion for writing. So in addition to solving problems, I've always had a passion for writing. When I was growing up in Jamaica, I was that quiet child, almost voiceless. I was an introvert. I was shy. I didn't say too much in in, in school. And my teachers would always say, oh, my God, she doesn't say much, but she's really smart and she's a good writer. Um, and with the legal work, I spent a lot of time writing, but I never got a chance to tap into my creative side. And so um, I was telling you a little bit earlier that I have three boys. And so when the boys got a little bit older, I got an opportunity to, to really delve into my passion for writing. So I started writing books. And the first book I wrote was, of course, about my children, to inspire my children and, and, and children in the community, really. And the name of it is Growing into Greatness with God, Seven Paths to Greatness for Our Sons and Daughters. And I just tapped into my childhood growing up in Jamaica. Uh, we spent a lot of time in church. So I tapped into all of the Bible lessons that I learned and just wrote about um how children of today can use some lessons from our generation and from the Bible to grow into love and courage and and be strong and not really be afraid of bullies and stand up for themselves. So so that was my first book, and it was pretty exciting. Now, I've written two books recently that I'm really proud of. Uh, the first is Island Mindfulness, How to Use the Transformational Power of Mindfulness to uh, to Create an Abundant Life. And that is, uh, again, my journey um, from Jamaica to moving to the United States, uh, the path that I took to become an attorney, um, all the issues that I faced along the way, um, some of the challenges that I faced with motherhood, eventually becoming um, a single parent, and how the journey of mindfulness helped me throughout that entire, uh, all those struggles. Um, and my most recent book is um, The Heart and Soul of Black Women which is a poetry book that is really close to my heart um, because I think our stories are not always told. Um, we're always supposed to be strong and resilient. 
Um, and sometimes we don't really get to show all, all sides of our humanity, especially our vulnerability. So I really wanted to write about the heart and soul of black women. So that <laughs> so I'm doing a lot, but I'm really, really enjoying the journey. Wow. I'm, I I have so many questions. I don't know where to begin. Because <laughs> my first so well let's have let's have some fun with it. Let let let. So you are you are a practicing attorney of twenty five years and you got into it to help others, but then shifted your help from law into what you do today. What inspired like what was the one that one moment where you were like, This is it. This is this is where while I'm doing what I what drives me as a lawyer, this is where my passion is. Like, this, What was that one turning point that was like, this is it, this is what I'm going to do? You know, um, you know, I gained, I gained some confidence. Uh, I, I got to a point in my life where I felt that my voice, my voice mattered. Mm-hmm. Um because you know, I mean, a lot of us we just go about our day. You know, we're you know we're trying to be successful. We're trying to raise our children. We're trying to be, you know, a good wife and, and mother and, and a good friend to our friends. Um, and we don't realize that we're living a life um, that has a lot of value, and we're living a life that could be a good instruction guide for others. And we don't realize that our life is actually our legacy, um, mm. and we're all unique. So we all have a legacy to pass on, and our life story is that legacy. So once I realized that, I said, you know what, I just need, you know, I've been through so much along the way, I'm sure that someone can benefit from this journey. So let me just start writing my stories. Um, and I initially just started writing poetry, a lot of poetry. Um, and then I started having children. And I said, you know what? What legacy can I leave through writing, you know, for my children? Uh, the, the thing about having a fantastic day job, and you know, I've you know I've done almost everything in the legal profession, from an attorney to an administrative law judge. So I've had a full legal career. But the thing about a job is that you cannot leave that job to your children, right? Mm-hmm. Very <laughs> so at true. Some point, at some point, you have to decide, you know, what's my legacy going to be? So mm-hmm. that was an eye-opener for me. And I decided, you know what, I want to tell my story, and I want to tell the story of other women, especially women of color. So first, I want to thank you for for fighting because I I read in your sister that you immigrated from Jamaica as a teenager. So first off, that was a fight in itself because you're young and you're coming over here and then transitioning how you did, that was a fight as well. So, Ms. Janet, thank you for, for fighting and thank you for your journey as well because I believe you are about to help a lot of our women that will be listening to this call. So first off, I want to thank you very much. (laughs) 
Well, I appreciate that. I tell you, um, you know, my I give all glory to God and also glory to my ancestors mm. because, you know, I was raised by some strong women. Um, mm. And I was I was that young kid in a house with a lot of older people where you just sort okay. of, you sit around and you listen. <laughs> you gotcha. Listen to yes, their Yes, yes. Um, so, you know, we we grew up really, really poor in Jamaica, although it was kind of hard to tell because we had so much community and so much time with family, and we were all in the same situation. So when you don't, you know, when you don't know well, <laughs> you feel like what you have is okay. So, but we had a lot of struggles, and my mother, my grandmother, my elderly cousins, they fought really, really hard to create a wonderful life for me. Um, and when I came to the United States, I decided that, you know what, I have to honor God and I have to honor them by doing the best that I can through education and every single opportunity that came my way. And I still have that mentality where, you know, almost everything that I do, I try to make sure that it doesn't, you know, dishonor God or my ancestors in any way. You, how did you come to that place of where you were able to balance your your publishing company, your book writing, um, and before then, how were you able to balance being a lawyer and a mother in a woman period, how were you able to balance all of that and how did you come to that? Because I know that there are a lot of single women out there starting businesses, a lot of married women out there starting businesses and a lot of women with families starting businesses. And and from personal experience, we don't know what we're getting into until we get into it, but we refuse Mm -hmm. to give up. (laughs) You know, yes, we, yes, yes. we refuse to give up <laughs> and we keep fighting, but, and sometimes, and sometimes, very rarely do we just stop before we get to that breaking point, but sometimes we do break. But how, how did you, how did you get to that point where you had that, you know what, now I got everything covered? When, how did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I tell you, work-life balance is really, really challenging, and I'm I'm still working it out. But I think I think I have a good, you know, I have a good process at this time uh, because I spent, you know, the first part of my journey just just trying to get as much education as I can. I was trying to do it the way they tell you to do it. Uh, They tell you to, you know, to go to college and then, you know, find a good job and, you know, then find the right husband and, (laughs) and then have the children. And after a while I realized that, you know, I was living this kind of like check the box lifestyle, you know, Mm. Mm-hmm. So, and and that's exactly what I did. You know, I followed that path, you know, for quite some time. And then I started thinking, well, does, you know, I'm doing all the right things, but I'm not sure if I feel that my life really has purpose. <laughs> I don't know what that right. purpose is, you know? Yep. So, you know, yep, don't know what the purpose is. And, you know, in order to be your best self, 
um, you, you really have to figure out, you know, why am I here and how I want to contribute to this world. Uh, you, you know, you can be the best employee, the best wife, the best mother. It's really important, though, <clears throat> to be on your own journey as a woman mm-hmm. and, and, and figure out how you want to show up in this world as a woman. And so, um, you know, for me, it was just trying to figure out how I could give back. So there, you know, there are a couple of things that I've done uh, just to try to make my journey um, a little bit more effective. The one thing is the writing and trying to share my journey through the writing. But it's also figuring out how I can make uh, the path of younger women, particularly women of color, a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote the book Island Mindfulness just to chronicle my journey so that anyone who, you know, who needs to uh, read my path can have it right here. Um, I also created a, a, uh, a group called Women Leaving Footprints in the Sand, so that's a that's a mentorship group, um, and what I do is I interview successful women, um, and really any woman. But so far, they've been women of color, and I ask them about their journey, <clears throat> and then I publish their journey on my website. Hey, Secrets of Success family! There's big news from my favorite home security company, Simply Safe. Simply Safe just launched their new wireless outdoor security camera. That's right. Simply Safe, the system that US News and World Report names best home security system of 2021, just got even better. This brand new outdoor security camera is engineered with all the advanced tech and security features you want and need to keep you and your family safe. It has an ultra-wide 140-degree field of view, so you can keep watch over your entire yard. It has 1080 HD resolution with an 8x zoom. That means you can zoom in and clearly see things like faces and license plates to capture critical evidence. It also has a built-in spotlight with color night vision, so you can keep an eye on what's going on day and night. It's super simple to set up and usually just takes minutes and it has an easy-to-remove rechargeable battery, so it doesn't need an outlet and can go anywhere on your property. This camera has it all and it integrates with your Simply Safe home security system, extending its protection to the outside. Together, it means every door, every window, and every room are protected, and now your property will be protected too. To learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera, visit simplysafe.com/success. That's simplysafe.com/success. It's S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash success. What's more, Simply Safe is celebrating this new camera by offering 20% off your entire new system and your first month of monitoring service free. So when you enroll in interactive monitoring, it's going to be, again, simplysafe.com slash success so that it can be a source for young women to inspire them. Um, I also have a group called Self-Care Sisters, and that's a Facebook group, and that's a fun group that I recently started. And it's just about teaching women 
to focus on themselves and not be ashamed of doing so. Because sometimes mm-hmm. we really are, you know? It's like we're yeah. supposed to put our parachute on first before helping anyone else. But we 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 don't. <laughs> no, we don't. We make we sure everybody else has their parachute, and then we put ours on. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we're fantastic. We're just out there saving the world and helping people. Um, but really, uh, in one of the poems that I wrote um, in, in my book, the, the Heart and Soul of Black Women, um, you know, I talked a lot about how we're doing so much, but, you know, our bodies sometimes are ravaged by things like, you know, fibroids. <laughs> you know, black yeah. women have a lot of fibroids, including myself. I went through that journey. Um, but we're under a lot of stress because we're really not practicing self-care. Um, so I really had to tap into that. So now I have a little group where, um, you know, we're we're loving each other and supporting each other and encouraging each other. And it's really open to anyone. It's called Self-Care Sisters on Facebook. Um, but we just, we lift each other up um, because we want, we want us to be well. We just don't want to be successful uh, we want to be well, mind, body, and soul. We deserve that, right? We deserve that. Yes, we do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so really, it's about you know, it's about finding that balance where you know, whatever it is. Not everyone has a family, but you know, you're honoring yourself at work. You're honoring yourself in your marriages, uh, in your friendships, and frankly, most importantly, you're taking care of yourself. You're making sure you're eating well, you're exercising, you're going to that spa, you're doing whatever you can. You're traveling. (laughs) You're traveling to expand your mind. So you're doing whatever you can as a woman to take good care of yourself. Wow. Yeah, that that is also something, Ms. Janet, that I have recognized within, within women, but especially, like you said earlier, within black women, black professional women, we, we like, it's like we dig in. Like they say, you know, black men have to work 10 times harder than the, twice as hard as the, the, the next man. But it seems like we took that and we multiplied that by 200. And I've noticed that, like, we'll dig in, we'll give everything, but we don't take care of ourselves. And so my question to you is, why do you think us as women, especially black professional women, why we do not take care of ourselves? You know, I think part of it is that, you know, we feel there's a weight on our shoulders. You know, we feel that we have so much to prove. you know, a lot of times we just don't get a break. Uh, you know, who who takes care of us? <laughs> who takes care of us? You know, as black <laughs> women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we need we need love and support and protection like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we feel that we have to take on all of that responsibility on our own. You know, you know, we have to show up at work and, you know, make sure we're completely professional and we're not being, you know, what they call the angry black woman. You know, we have to be that strong, you know, ride or die girl in our relationships. Um, You know, we have to be strong and resilient and, you know, we have to go with that reputation 
So uh, we're we're sometimes just fearful, you know. We're fearful, mm. you know, of seeming, you know, weak or vulnerable or really just showing, you know, our full selves and our full humanity. And, uh, you know, it's time, yeah, it's time for that to stop because it's really taking a toll on us. Um, we are strong. We are resilient. But we also need love. We need care. Um, we have to take care of ourselves. But we also have to demand that, you know, the world see us, that the people in our lives see us, and, you know, that they show up for us like we show up for them. Mm. I I like how you said that we we need to demand that the world sees us, that our family sees us, um, because let me see how can I say this? <laughs> we <laughs> there are advocates, those who look at us and say, you know what, I support you. What do you need? But then. For every one advocate that we have, there's, like, 20 others out there that are, like, stay in a woman's place. Women shouldn't do this. Women shouldn't do that. Or they support us, but once we get to a certain point, they're like, no, 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 you're too loud. Mm -hmm. So have a seat. How did you, how did, how were you, how did you combat that when you went from, woman to lawyer to CEO to mentor, how did to to author to, you know, businesswoman, how did you battle how did you combat that each step of the way? Well, I mean, to be very honest about it, I spent a lot of time well my personality, you know, I started out very shy. And and mm-hmm. I am a classic classic introvert even now. <laughs> uh, so I I was used to just walking into a room and uh, not wanting to be not wanting the spotlight on me. Mm-hmm. And so you know not wanting to take up too much space. Uh, and I was in that place for a really long time where. To the point where I don't think I recognize my own voice, wow. and um, at, you know, at some point I recorded my voice and I said, "Oh my God, you know, is that me? Is that the way I sound?" So to be perfectly honest, I spent a lot of time just not wanting to take up, you know, I wanted to be, you know, you know, a good girl. I wanted to be respected, but I never wanted to be, you know, controversial, mm-hmm. and. It, it, and a lot of us are in that boat, right? You know, yeah. we don't want to be seen as controversial either at work or in our relationships. <laughs> so it took me a long time to really, you know, break that cycle. Um, you know, writing helped a lot. Um, you know, being in the courtroom helped a lot, um, especially when I realized that, you know... I am determined to be rich. The middle class is not for me. I need news that cares about me. And not news that's going to scare me or make me mad at another people. I need news without politics. And I want news that will point me to the money. This is the news where it happens. The moments that change the world. These are the stories we need. The info 
that we care about. We only give you news that puts money in your pocket. And the news that gives us an advantage. This is the work that continues. Who we are today. And what we can become. Tomorrow. That's it. This is where news without agendas can lead us. Your wealth matters. This is why more perspectives make us stronger. And how our mission can inspire tomorrow. This is journalism that helps the world we live in. This is Mexit News. I was speaking for other people who, who depended depended on me, you know, oh. you know, to make a case for them or to stand up for them, or you know, employees who rely, you know, relied on me uh, to make a case for them, you know, with management. So I think when I realized that I wasn't just using my voice for me, but I was using my voice to advocate for others then I felt more confident, you know, when the spotlight was a little bit off me and mm-hmm. um, I found the purpose through my voice, then it became better. Um, but I really think that, you know, we we have to, we can't be afraid to show up fully in any room, you know. We, we just can't uh, because we bring something that no one else has. We bring an experience that no one else has. Oftentimes, we have what they call imposter syndrome. So, you know, we're just sort of walking around thinking that, um, you know, people are better than me, they're more educated than me, um, they're smarter than me, they're more more well-spoken than I am, um, they have more to contribute. Um, So we never really get comfortable with ourselves enough to, to speak our truth. And to show up boldly. Mm. So, uh, you know, it's it's a confidence that everyone has to find for themselves. It was a it was a long and steep journey for me personally. Um, as a matter of fact, that's been a struggle for most of my life. But I feel that I'm at a place now where, um, you know, I always speak my truth, <laughs> and it's not always well it's not always well received. Um, but I I always do it from a place of honesty and kindness and self-awareness. And so that it doesn't really matter how it's received, but I, you know, I know how I intended it. Um, yeah, so it's, so it's been a journey. Um, and it's, it's a little bit of a work in progress still, um, but I've really made significant strides in that direction. And I love helping younger women getting through those barriers because because yeah. it, it's important to hear every single voice, especially the voice of the younger generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That definitely, um, one of the things... And I don't, want, I don't want them to start, I don't want them to start as, I want them to start young. <laughs> yes, I lo- I definitely. I love seeing young women owning a room, you know, um, yeah, I don't want them to start, you know, in the forties, <laughs> like I did. I want to see them at sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, you know, twenties, um, you know, speaking, speaking for, you know, whether you're a feminist or a womanist, or you know, you just have something to say, you know, say it loud, right. say it proud, um, and stand firm in your beliefs. Right, right. 
And that, that brings me to another question because you said that you are an introvert. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> so my, my question to you is while you are loud with telling people who you are in your family, how important has silence been, like your silence, and not the silence of someone telling you you need to be quiet, but that you know how they say your your silence is stronger than your words at times? I'm kind of paraphrasing it, yeah. but how how have you, how how important has that been for you in your journey? Well, I always need time to recharge. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, I wasn't very. I got so much criticism when I was younger about being so quiet that I never fully appreciated it. So <laughs> I would be the friend that I would invite you to a party. I would make this wonderful feast that I spent four hours cooking, and when everyone is there, I would sit in the corner, <laughs> go sit in the corner and read a magazine. Right, and I mm-hmm. and it was really strange. But I didn't realize it was strange until a friend said to me, "You know what? You can't just make a big meal and invite people over and turn the TV on. You have to talk to them and you have to entertain." <laughs> so that you know that was my introversion, right? And mm-hmm. I was, you know, books have been fantastic for me. I read this book called The Introvert Advantage. And when I read it, a light bulb went off, and I was like, oh, my God, there is a name for it. That is what I am. I'm an introvert. And it was like the entire world opened up for me. (laughs) Um, And I now appreciate, you know, the quiet times. I get up in the morning. Like I said, I have three boys, and, you know, boys are very active and they're very noisy. So I try to get up. I'm a morning person. So I get up at 5 a.m., about two hours before they get up. And I do a little exercise and I meditate. And that's when I get my writing done. And my mind is clear. And, oh, my God, it's the best thing ever. So I really think that we, you know, we all need, even if you're an extrovert, you know, give it a try. (laughs) Find Mm. an hour where, you know, you don't have the phone, you don't have any distractions, you just have some time with yourself and your mind because, you know, it makes a big difference. All right. So pay attention, ladies. Take time. Enjoy that silence. And it's okay to put the phone down for an hour or so. <laughs> but just take time for yourself and read a good book. Do your meditations and your exercises as well. So, Miss Jenny, find, you mentioned yeah, find you, what brings <laughs> you that source. Find whatever brings you that source of joy. Um, but mm-hmm. let me tell you, there's nothing like sitting alone on a beach and just listening to the waves. Ah, oh, okay, Miss Jenny, you, you touched the soul with that one. <laughs> when I tell you, because I, I live, I live about 15 minutes. <laughs> I live about 15 minutes from the beach, and there were times where. And for and I've I've always been drawn to water. You know, I used to live in an apartment that was close to a lake, and I just used to walk the lake to go to the mailbox. But you're right. There's nothing like just sitting and listening. It, it's it's like it as it as the waves crash up against the the shore. It's like it as it 
I picture it coming in and cringing and taking it back out to the ocean with me, you know, with it, you know, whatever I have and just listening to it, it's, it's so soothing and calming. It's the perfect way to clear your mind to silence the loudness within your head so you can truly enjoy that silence. You've got it. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I, I used to go meditate by the water. <laughs> That is the greatest ever. I, I recommend that to any anybody. I recommend it to anybody. It is the best way. And then the energy coming off the water and and just the, the feel of the, the, the wind as it hits you. Because I don't know about anyone else, but for some reason when I, when I meditate next to water and I get to that point where there's a calmness, and it's like everything else goes silent. I, I start feeling like there's a small breeze just kind of come through. And I don't know if that's for every. I don't know if that happens with everybody, but I know it happens with me. And it's it's like a soothing calm that adds to the sound of the waves. So it's like a, a all around mind, body, and soul peaceness that I feel when I meditate next to water. I recommend that. I was just, I you know I was just about to say that. Uh, being by the ocean is great for your mind, body, and spirit, and and you walk away renewed. And we all need that renewal. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So my my next question for you, Miss Janet, is: as a black woman, a black CEO, a black mother, you said you have three boys. Yeah. How have you? How have you? been able to, well, how have you balanced raising three amazing boys on top of being the CEO? You know, are your, do you incorporate your sons in what you do or do you, have you set schedules for them? Because I heard you say you wake up at five and they wake up at seven. So how, how do you do that? Be the mother well, and the CEO. Yeah, well, let me tell you, it is, it is, it's a struggle because I have long, very, very, very long days. Um, you know, I'm up at five, but I always try to find time for myself. That's been really the key to surviving it. And once I realized that I could get at least an hour in the morning just for myself, uh, my life, you know, took a turn for, for the better. You know, my spirit was more at peace. So that one mm. hour in the morning has been fantastic so my my routine really is to wake up at 5 a.m um meditate and i don't do anything you know really fancy a lot of times i'm sort of meditating hello miss janet uh-oh yes <laughs> all right there you go ah i can still hear you yes there we go okay <laughs> I don't want to end. I don't want to end this beautiful conversation that we're having. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. <laughs> there, there is a storm outside, but it's not going to stop us. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it is not. Yeah. Ah, there you go. Right. Can you hear me a little bit better? Yes, ma'am. Perfectly. Okay, great. Um, so I spend the time in a meditative state. Mm. Okay. So you wake up, wake up at five a.m. Meditate, meditate. Um, 
I think of three things that I want to accomplish that day. No okay. more than three. <laughs> no more than three things. Um, and I center myself on those things. Now, if I accomplish anything more than that, pat on the back, it's a bonus, but I just aim for three. And if at the end of the day I, I get through two to three of those things, I'm feeling really, really good, right? Mm-hmm. So, and also something that I practice is is I don't I don't read emails first thing in the morning. I used to read emails, get on the internet. You know, you go on Facebook for five minutes, and it turns into an hour. So I've so I've stopped <laughs> doing that. <laughs> Because then it distracts you from what's important, and there's always something in your email list that you're supposed to do, and you think you can do it quickly, but it takes so much more time. Yes, right. so I do that, and then I, you know, and then I once I set my my sights on my day, you know, I get up, I make breakfast for the boys, um, I get them logged in. We're, we're doing virtual school, get them all logged in, um, and then I, you know, I just start my work day. Thankfully, I'm working from home now. You know, so I start my work day, and uh, a lot of my writing is done first thing in the morning, too. So within that two-hour window, I try to carve out at least half an hour for writing. Um, at lunchtime, actually throughout the day, I'm checking on the boys to make sure they're on track. You know, at lunchtime, I'm doing the same. <laughs> so I'm getting up, I'm making lunch. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I'm making dinner. So we really, we really, really go nonstop. But after they get settled, I say, listen, boys, <laughs> mommy's off duty. Well, of course, not fully off duty because moms are never off duty. But right. I take time again <laughs> for myself during the evening, right? So then mm-hmm. I spent another hour or two, you know, just, you know, writing and, and publishing and, you know, posting something in Self-Care Sisters or interviewing a fabulous woman that, you know, whose story I think needs to be told. And so, yeah, so I, you know, I get it all in. But there are days when it's incredibly, incredibly stressful. And that's when I call my girlfriends up and say, hey, you know, we need to get together. I need a little bit of outlet. There is nothing like a strong sister circle. (laughs) Nothing like it to get you through whatever is happening in your life. So I have a strong sister circle, and whenever whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed, you know, I go to them, and, you know, we fellowship, we eat good food, we drink good wine, and we get each other back on track. You know, so it's quite challenging, but it's it's doable. But again, you know, you, you really have to practice self-care, and you can't try to do it all, which is why I have the rule of three in the morning, mm. so because if you... Because you will, you know, you have to, you have to want yourself to win. <laughs> right. Set yourself up for success every single morning, right? Just, you know, just do right. that for yourself. Be your biggest fan, your biggest cheerleader. So set yourself up for success every single day. I like that. And, you know, I like and that. when you win, you know, everything, your children your children benefit from that. And as far as mm-hmm. the boys are concerned, you know, now I'm trying to, you know, to get them interested <clears throat> in, you know, in the publishing business. Um, it's going to take a little bit of time, uh, but at least <laughs> I'm getting them, 
to be to become very good readers. Mm. Um, because a good reader turns into a you know a good writer into a good student. So that's one thing I'm really working on with them. Okay. But as you know, as you know, um, raising boys, especially you know, um, boys of color, is is really really challenging. And so yeah. there, there are lots of worries. There are lots of concerns. It gets overwhelming <laughs> sometimes. Uh, I wrote a poem. It's called um, "Mothers of Black Boys Don't Exhale." And, you know, it's just about, you know, the struggles of raising, you know, beautiful our beautiful boys and making them into strong, beautiful men who are going to live to their, you know, their golden years. So a lot of stress comes with that, too. But, but you know, I have a, again, I have a strong sister circle. And we, we try to work through those issues together. Yes, I like that. I love. I love when you say strong sister circle. I love that. I love that. Is is that um? So with with you saying the the strong sister circle, you also have a mentorship initiative called Self Care Sisters. So how did that one get started? Well, I you know I started the journey with women leaving footprints in the sand because I really really mm-hmm. wanted to you know, to tell the stories of women. And, you know, if any of your listeners have a really good story to tell that they think would be really, really beneficial to the younger generation, I'm always, it's a written interview process. It's on my website, uh, Um I would love to interview as many women um, as possible so that I could share those stories yeah, to the young women <laughs> that I mentor. And so it started with that journey. And then after I wrote the book Island Mindfulness, I realized that the women who read the book were so interested in self-care. They wanted to take retreats. They wanted to go to the spa. They wanted to spend you know, spend a lot of time taking care of their mind, body, and spirit. Um, they wanted to talk about their issues with other women. So that's why I created the Facebook group, Self-Care Sisters, so that, you know, no woman left behind. If we need a shoulder to lean on, we have a shoulder, okay? No one is lonely. (laughs) No one is feeling isolated during COVID. We have each other. Um, And, you know, I've expanded that group to also pull in the mentorship arm. So it's not just caring for ourselves, but it's also sharing our journey with the next generation. Ms. Janet, can you let our listeners know how, if they would like to be a part of your podcast or just reach out to you, how they can, how they can contact you? Yes, yes. Uh, well, my, my website is www.JanetAuthorine.com and all my contact information is there. If they would like to join my Facebook mentoring group is called Self-Care Sisters on Facebook. If they would like to be interviewed for to be a mentor, to tell their stories, it's Women Leaving Footprints in the Sand. That's also on my website. So I would love to just sort of you know, open up the tent 
or bigger build bigger uh build a bigger table and just pull in as many women as, as I can to practice self care but also give mm-hmm. back to the community. Awesome. When Thank I you. when I spoke early on about, you know, about legacy, this is the mm-hmm. legacy that I'm trying to create uh for the community because I didn't have any mentors. Well, mm. let's not say I didn't have any mentors. I didn't have a lot of mentors. And I didn't have them at the right time. So my mm. journey was challenging. So I would love to make someone's journey a little bit easier. And I consider that a big part of my legacy. Thank you so much, Ms. Janet. I have truly and honestly appreciated our conversation today. I'm definitely looking forward to purchasing and reading your book, as well as joining the the Self-Care Sisters group. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Ladies, I will definitely put all of Ms. Janet's contact information in the show notes so you can also join her. And let's come together, you know, and work on our self-care, work on ourselves, and be the amazing women and create that legacy for our children and the children and our children's children and children's children. So, Ms. Janet, my final question to you before we close out this evening is what what would you tell the young little girl with the pigtails playing outside who has the dreams of becoming the founder and CEO, you know, the the businesswoman, boss woman, what words would you give her? Yeah, I would tell her that her voice matters. That always stand up for herself. That no is a fantastic word. As a matter of fact, it's probably one of the best words in the dictionary. <laughs> to always always speak her truth. <laughs> always say no that so that she can make room for the things that she needs to say yes to. I would tell her that it's okay to be strong, but it's also okay to be vulnerable. Mm. I would tell her that education matters and get as much of it as you can. (laughs) But wisdom matters also. So also pick up a lot of wisdom as much as you can on your journey. And I would tell her that there will be a lot of storms in your life, but the sun always rises in the morning. So, you know, keep your eye on the sun. The sun always rises. And everything will be okay. <laughs> when, when things aren't going well, just do your best to get through the night because the sun is going to shine again tomorrow. So that little bit of resilience can go a long way. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ms. Janet, for joining us today on the Secrets to Success podcast. I'm so excited. We had this opportunity to converse today. I've truly enjoyed speaking with you today, and I thank you for the value that you have added to our audience. I hope they took notes, and I really hope that they shift to that self-care so they can build their legacy. Thank you again, Ms. Janet, so much for joining us today. You you have been amazing. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And to our audience, thank you so much for joining us today. You all have an amazing day. And from the words of 
the Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can plant better and you can dominate. Thank each and every one of you for joining us. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world, not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 48 job positions open during the pandemic. $22 an hour with paid training. And I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well. 48 job positions, $22 an hour, paid training. And I couldn't find someone, not one person, for those job positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True. But it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter. And that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate. And if the if it's if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus 
without ZipRecruiter wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R, ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.